to the teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Eberly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter number 11 and verse number 12. Let's all read it out loud. If you brought your Bible in the King James, we're going to read from the King James. It says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Now what I'm going to share with you this morning might not be a traditional, necessarily a traditional Christmas message or anything, but um, I just decided I'm going to follow my heart. And I will say this, if you'll uh, do this, which we're going to learn this morning and put these principles into action in your life as a lifestyle, you'll find that this will be the best Christmas present I could give you, and you'll have a better year next year. Not that this past year was a bad year, might have been a good year, but God's always increasing us. Amen. He wants us to go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. The Lord shall increase you more and more. First the blade, then the ear. There's always increase in the kingdom of God. So um, it's not necessarily a traditional message, but it is something I believe God's been putting on my heart for Spirit of Faith Family Church. And uh, so we're going to get into this just looking at what God's been talking to my heart about. Just been stirring, stirring, stirring. Sometimes I'll get something in my heart for a service, and sometimes it just lasts for days and days and weeks and weeks. So here we read that there is, how many of you, first of all, are in the kingdom of God? Hold up your hand. How did you get in? You got in by being born again, isn't that right? Receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior. He came, of course, in a manger, but he didn't stay there. He, he walked the earth. Anointing came on him. He did miracles. Then he went to the cross and died for our sin. Then he rose from the dead. And then he seated at the right hand of the Father. And the New Testament revelation in the book of Ephesians and all through the epistles is that we're seated with him. We're, we're given a place with him. He didn't just come to, to uh, uh, bring us back to uh, status quo or zero. He came to take us on up to sit with him in heavenly places. Amen. So we're seated with him. We're in the kingdom of God. We have the kingdom of God. The Bible says the kingdom of God is in you. And he said, Jesus began to say, if you read Luke's account of this same passage, he began to say that whenever John came, uh, the law and the prophets was over. Doesn't mean prophet, there's no, there's no such ministry as a prophet. Just mean the era of the prophet's ministry that, that was uh, uh, speaking to the people of God is over. God still speaks through prophets, but now we have Jesus. Amen. Amen. He came, and Jesus came to bring in a new era. We might say it's the church age, or however you want to say that. The old covenant was passed away, uh, is passed away, the law I'm talking about, and the new covenant has been brought to pass, and Jesus was the author of that new covenant. And John began to preach the messenger of the covenant, Jesus, and from the time John began to preach, things began to change. And we see here Jesus is saying that from John the Baptist or the days of John the Baptist until, the, uh, until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. We've been sharing, I think, two Sundays or maybe Wednesday night and a Sunday. I kind of lost track. But we've been sharing with you about how to just stay constant under pressure and not be moved by the pressures that come in life. Um, you know, there's many things that try to come against us. It comes different ways through circumstances where the enemy tries to influence our walk with God, tries to hinder our walk with God, tries to stop our walk with God, try to get us to back up in the, the spiritual things we're progressing into, tries to get us not to walk in the light, uh, and just basically tries to get us stopped from doing anything God's, God's told us to do or asked us to do. But um, we're not of them who draw back. 
That's the strategy of the enemy. He wants us to draw back. And the way he, he uh, tries to get us to draw back is found right here in this verse. He, he comes against us with violence, it says in the King James. Now that doesn't necessarily mean, although it could include, of course, some sort of violent attack against your family, you know, or something like that. Of course, that's all included. But if you look up the word violence, it's, it, it means pressure. In fact, many newer translations will say that. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers pressure. Pressure. And those who press take it by force. That's really what he's saying. And uh, the, the Amplified is very good about that. If you, if you read the Amplified, it'll talk about those who press means those who resolutely resolve to get into the things of God. They get into it by, doing, they, by making a choice, yeah. Yeah. by pressing. Yeah. You know, in other words, you don't just float into new places in God. You didn't float into the new birth. You had to press past doubts and all the flesh and the impulses that say, you don't have to do that. You can just be a good as person without, you know, without doing all that and go to heaven. You know, all those thoughts and all the stuff you had to get through. You had to get through some things to get born again. As soon as I got born again, I got through that, of course. But then within days, uh, I got harassed by the lies of the devil telling me I wasn't saved. You know, my brothers made some statements about me not being saved. I wouldn't have acted that way, they said, if I was really saved. So then the devil started using that, you know. And I started experiencing what Jesus is talking about. I started experiencing the pressure. And it comes in forms of thoughts. It comes in the form of, of uh, other people not liking what you're doing. It comes in many different forms. But the point is, the kingdom of heaven suffers pressure. Now, um, now go over to the book of 1 John, not 1 John, 1 Peter. And uh, I want you to see a, a verse here that God spoke to my heart this morning, or I should say reminded me about, and, and uh, just let me know some things from it. In the King James, it says in chapter, 1 Peter chapter number 1, let's get this here, chapter number, where is it? 2 Peter, that's what it is. I'll get my references right this morning. Um, the Bible talks about here, it's in 1 Peter, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hallelujah. Good morning, Pastor Jay. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm waking up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. First Peter, chapter number 4. Notice what it says, verse number 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. You know, you just shouldn't think it's strange that you go through things. Or that you suffer uh, pressure or Satan comes against you with circumstances to try to hinder you. You shouldn't think it's strange. The Amplified says, don't, don't be amazed and bewildered at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test your quality. As though something strange, unusual, and alien to your position were befalling you. Now, that stood out to me this morning. I've, I've read that verse in the Amplified, but in the Amplified again this morning, it just jumped in me. Notice why we go through these things. It's not necessarily because, you know, sometimes we understand, uh, you know, uh, people certainly uh, get attacked for different reasons. But mostly the main reason you come against things when you come into the things of God is because of your position. Right. Notice he said, don't think it's strange as something alien to your position. In other words, it's your position in the things of God that draws the attack. Amen. 
Don't think you're somebody, you know, special and the enemy's just attacking you special because, you know, um, you know, it's just you're special in some way. Uh, you know, a lot of times that can be just special pride, really, <laughs> spiritual pride. <laughs> we understand Satan comes against us, but it's because of our position and it's because of movement forward in the things of God. And everybody in that sense ought to be moving forward in the things of God. So, you know, all of us are special. Amen. Now, in 1 Thessalonians 2.18, the Apostle Paul said that Satan hindered him in his progress. Now, notice he didn't say he stopped him. He just sought to hinder him. Satan is a hinderer. He wants to stop people from going forward into more light, into more uh, increase, into more peace in their mind. He wants to stop them. And that's what he's seeking to stop. It's not just stopping. He, he's not trying to stop a person sitting still. He's trying to stop a person or hinder a person uh, who is making movement forward. Anybody in here making movement forward? It's a part of your position. That's why things come. It's a part of your forward movement. Amen. Amen. It's not necessarily because you've done something wrong. It's not necessarily because you're special in some way. Not necessarily because your wife did something wrong or she's always the problem. How many of you know the devil loves to jump on people's head and say it's because of so-and-so that I'm going through this? No, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's the enemy who, who just seeks to be a... He, the enemy is a button pusher. And he'll find somebody that he can use to push your button. And it's really not the person, it's the one behind the person. <clears throat> look, look at your neighbor and say, you're not my problem. Amen. Praise God. So put the blame where it really is. It's not on the person. Now, I understand and you understand people can yield to the enemy, but sometimes people say, you make me mad. Well, no, nobody can make you anything. You chose to get mad. Amen. No, you, you just yielded to the pressure of the flesh. You just yielded. Amen. Your job is to stop yielding to that pressure. And we all experience that pressure. Amen. Put the blame where it really belongs. It's not on that person. Amen. Satan is defeated, but that doesn't mean he's inactive. He's still going about seeking whom he may devour. He's not imprisoned. He'll seek to do things in your life, but you have the authority over him. Isn't that right? So, hindrance is part of your movement forward. Satan wants to get you to back up, get in the flesh. How many of you have found out Satan wants you living in the flesh? Anybody found that out yet? The rest of you will find that out before the end of the day. He wants you living in the flesh. Why? Because he can dominate you there. He wants you living in unforgiveness, living in bitterness, living in, in hard-heartedness. And he wants you all, he'll want you all tight on the inside, not able to rejoice in the Lord. Amen. So if you've ever uh, get tired of hindrance, you'll get tired, you'll stop moving forward. Because how many of you have found as soon as you step out, I've had people tell me this, I know exactly what they're talking about because I've gone through this. seems like every time I really press into my prayer life or press into something in God or really decide to act on the Word or stir myself up and speak the Word of God over a situation in my life, just as soon as I start doing that, wham. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can get tired of moving forward yeah. Yeah. because every time you do, wham. Something trips you up before yeah. you know it. At the end of the day, your head is where your feet were just in the morning time. 
you know, and you just got all mad and upset about something or whatever, got in the flesh, because there was pressure that came against that, hit, that forward movement. But you can't ever get weary of forward movement. God, we're not of them who draw back. That's what he's seeking to do, get us to draw back on spiritual things. Amen. And so uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, Satan is the God of this world. That's why hindrances come, but he's not Lord of you. He's the God of this world. And you seek to move forward and he doesn't like that. Amen. Isn't that right? So we need to keep on making forward movement. Get past these hindrances. There, there's going to be new levels once you get past some of these things. You'll walk into new places in God. Get past them. Amen. Keep, keep you, to do that, you have to stay strong on the inside. Building yourself up in the Lord, speaking in other tongues, worshiping God, feeding on the Word. All these things keep us strong. Isn't that right? Yeah. Praise God. So these things come because of, uh, of moving forward. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 11, verse 23, actually the whole chapter there, Paul talks about all the things that came against him. And he said, you know, in prisons more often, beaten with rods, left in the deep, you know, in, in, in nakedness and cold and people persecuting us, perils among brethren, perils, perils among uh, uh, all the, the countrymen, the Jews, you know. He talked about the list of things. And then he said the reason in verse number 23 was because he was in labors more abundant. In other words, he was bearing more fruit than anybody else. And so Satan was trying to hinder him. Satan doesn't like laboring in the things of God. He would rather everybody be lazy, go home and sip a spiritual lemonade, so to speak, and not make any forward movement. But see, that's what we're going to do. We're going to make some forward movement in 2011. We're going to keep on moving forward. We don't react to the hindrances. We keep on acting on the Word of God. Amen. Another key to overcoming these hindrances is 2 Corinthians 4. You know the, the account. Paul said, uh, uh, we are persecuted but not forsaken. Cast down but not for destroyed. You know, and all he goes through all those things. And then he says, none of these things move me in Acts. But he said in 2 Corinthians 4, he said, uh, we having the same spirit of faith. According as it is written. Amen. Yes. Praise God. And then he said, all these things work together for good. Yeah. In other words, you can, cause, you can make these things turn out for your good. Amen. In other words, take advantage of an opportunity to use your faith Amen. and overcome something. Yes. Overcome that impulse. Amen. Remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about eradicating every impulse, every vision, every dream, every suggestion. Amen. If you weren't here on that Wednesday night, get that CD. Amen. But overcome those impulses that, that used to trip you up and get you over in the flesh. Amen. Overcome them. Amen. You have a spirit of faith about you. Yes, Amen. Get to the place where you decide, here's another opportunity to believe God. Here's another opportunity to use my faith. Here's an opportunity to grow stronger. Amen. Get to the place where you're saying it's working for me. Amen. Because I'm eating these trials and these tests up. I'm gobbling them down and they're my spiritual food. I take advantage of eating these things up to get stronger in the Lord. How many of you know whenever you knock out an added, a wrong attitude and you decide to walk in the spirit rather than in the flesh, that's, an, that's a strengthening opportunity where you just got stronger by doing that. You've overcome those things. Praise the Lord. So what is pressure? If you look up the word in the English dictionary, it means to exert a steady force upon it means to exert a steady force upon in order to try to force or persuade. It means to cause distress to the mind or spirit. Anybody ever had that come against you? 
And don't think that that's unique to you. Everybody experiences distress to the mind and spirit, seeking, Satan seeking to get them to back off. You've experienced that. We all know how that feels. It's not fun. Nobody said it's fun, but it is something that you can overcome. Amen. So pressure means to cause distress to the mind or spirit, to exert a steady force upon you. It means to, to require immediate action. Satan's trying to get you to act on something. That's how he comes. To make an insistent demand. Amen. It's also used, pressure is also used in the natural world. You know, you go home and you get the Tupperware out. You, you got a bowl that's been formed. It's made out of plastic or whatever. And, and you get that and it's, it's got a shape to it. How to get that shape? It was pressed in a hot press forming that bowl into that, that particular shape that it's in. Isn't that right? And they did that with pressure. Uh, a hot press coming down on that thing and pressing that thing into a mold. And then it cools off and stays where it is. Well, that's what Satan tries to come with. He tries to shape you into the mold he wants you in. He tries to get you to, to cave in on this side and to have a, have a hole on this side. You know, he's trying to get you into the shape he wants you in. But no, we're created in Christ. We don't conform to his image. We're transformed, not conformed to the world. Amen. What is the world out there doing? Just backing off of spiritual things so nobody persecutes them. I talked to a friend of mine recently. The other day I was talking to him, just encouraging him. And um, he said, you know, uh, they had a particular stand that they took on a particular issue here in Iowa uh, regarding gay marriage, actually is what it was. And they took a real strong stand against it. And it even uh, the, the, uh, there was an opportunity. Well, the government lied. There, there wasn't really an opportunity for the government to, to sue them. But how many of you know the, the IR? Well, anyway, we'll, we'll pass that over. I'll talk to you about it sometime. We're going to do an entire class on human government, biblical human government. We're going to do an entire class about it. A lot of people don't understand human government. But um, anyway, we got, uh, I was talking to this man, and they took a strong stand, and they were in a position they needed to refinance a building loan. They had, made, they had built a new building and had a construction loan, but they needed to refinance it into a regular loan. Um, they owed about three point some million, but the building's worth about nine. So it was plenty of equity there. Shouldn't have been a problem, but they had all kinds of trouble trying to get that loan. Finally, they got one pretty much secure, but the investor said, now, we see here you've taken a strong stand against homosexuality. Uh, we see there's a possibility of you getting into a fight, legal fight with the government. You either recant that publicly, your strong stand, or else we can't give you the loan. They said, well, we're sorry. Then we're going to have to find somebody else because we will not recant our strong stand. Amen. See, that's pressure. Pressure try to get you to back off. I said, what'd you do? He said, we didn't recant a thing. We just found somebody else and we're getting the paperwork here in a day or two. Amen. But see, the pressure would be there to back off because see, the, the guy that's got the construction loan, he's threatening to, actually he already had taken them to court. Judge had already said, commanded them to pay up in full or I'm going to take the building away from you. You know what I'm talking about? Pressure. The devil loves that kind of thing. Yeah. But why does he want to do that? Get you to back off. Yeah. I'm not backing off. Isn't that right? You got to get that way in your life. Where you take a stand and you say no to the devil and you say, I'm going to do what God told me to do. Can you see what I'm talking about this morning? So the devil wants to squeeze you into his mold. Sit, sit down and shut up. <laughs> That's the mold he wants you in. 
Don't get so excited about the Word of God. Don't be so radical. Have you ever noticed it's the radical people in any arena of our culture that, get, that, that are the most influential? Whether it be in sin or whether it be in, in the things of God, it's the radical people who move the most people. Well, this time church people got radical. Yes, stand up. Get radical. Believe the Bible so. Refuse to back off of it when the doctor said there's no hope. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, he might be preaching to you right now. See, the kingdom of heaven has violence, suffers violence. In other words, there's pressure that comes against the kingdom of God. What is that? Opposition. Resistance. Amen. Have you woken up yet and found out you have an adversary? And it's not your wife or your husband. <laughs> Amen. Or the IRS. Amen. It is the devil. Amen. Everybody look at your neighbor and say the devil. He is the one who is your adversary. God's not your adversary. Nobody else is your adversary. If they are, they're being used of the devil. That's all it is. It's the devil. Amen. And I'm not going to back off for the devil no, more, no matter whose mouth he's talking through. Amen. Now, we're to endure hardness, the Bible says, as a good soldier. Isn't that right? 2 Timothy 2.3, endure hardness as a good soldier. How are you going to endure? You're going to endure by having strength on the inside of you. And that's what comes through feeding on the Word of God. So you endure hardness. But he said, the violent take it by force. Those who press... They're going to take the things that belong to them in the kingdom of God and it's going to be a force issue because Satan's going to try to force you out of it, but you're going to force him to back off. Amen. You know, we don't force people. We don't direct our forcefulness towards people. We direct it in the spirit realm through faith against the enemy who's seeking to force us. You understand that we're not forcing people. I don't believe it's right or scriptural to force people to do something against their will. Amen. Praise God. But it is a force issue where you enforce your victory. You make it happen on purpose. Amen. That's what a violent person is going to do. Now, I'm not talking about violence in the natural realm. Uh, you know, fighting people, getting guns or something like that. I'm talking about dealing with things in the spirit realm. The violent take it by force. In other words, that word violence means press again. In the, in the other translations, it says things like those who press possess it. Amen. So you're going to have to learn to be a person that presses into the things of God rather than lean back when the devil comes to hinder. You lean forward. When I was running track, when we got in the blocks, we were always leaning forward. <laughs> Amen. Why? We're pressing. And when you're running, you're really leaning in. You're not, you can't run like this. You just can't do it. You have to, there has to be a press about you. You get like this and you're going to lose. The, the best position is leaning way forward. That's the way you need to run your race. You're, you're running with a leaning forward attitude. Paul said, I press toward the mark. Woo, I might, might get my preach on here this morning. Everybody look at your neighbor and see if they're pressing. Amen. You can tell on people's faces sometimes. People walk into church, look like Gomer Pyle. Then you got some people, glory to God. Amen. Charlie Chapman. 
There ought to be a press about you. People that press are determined to have a look on their face. I've been accused of being mad sometimes. I'm not mad. I'm just focused. <laughs> you know? Amen. Praise God. Those who press possess. Most people don't see faith as a violent force, but it is. Faith isn't something you lean back and sip lemonade and wait for God to do something. Faith is something you lean forward and you, you, you enforce your victory with. Amen. You speak the word of God whenever all hell says it's not coming to pass. You say, you Mr. Devil, the devil says you're not going to get it this time. And you just go, ha, ha, ha. He'll say, what are you laughing at? And you'll say, you. Well, what are you laughing at me for? You said, I'm not going to get healed. That's right. You're, you're, you're not going to get healed this time. Ha, ha, ha. What are you laughing at? I'm laughing at you because you're right. I'm not going to get healed. I already am. You just stand there, you know, and hold fast to your confession. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Seek, seek to move forward. Seek to, to possess what belongs to you. Amen. You're not waiting on God. You're just taking what God already provided for you. Besides that, people who wait on God waste a lot of time. They're waiting on God to do things whenever He's already given them the blood. He's given them the power of God. He's given them the measure of faith. And He said, go into all the world and do something for me. Preach the gospel. Amen. I'm not sitting back waiting for money to come in to do what God told me to do. God said, do it. We're going to do it. We're just going to do it. Hallelujah. Well, where are you going to get the money? That's not on my side. My side is to obey God. You know, everything that you have to get used to this in the, in the things of the Spirit, you have to get used to just moving forward with, with the winds in your face. Amen. You have to get used to getting in over your head. Now, I'm not talking about in the flesh. You do it in the flesh, you'll get in debt and all kinds of things. But I'm talking about when God told you to do something. You have to get used to getting in over your head. You have to get used to the winds of pressure, the, the wind of unbelief force coming against you, trying to back you off. Amen. God will put you in over your head sometimes. That's because he knows you can't do it. You might say, that's impossible. Why would I, why would I step out into that? Well, he's not asking you to do the, impo uh, do the possible. He's asking you to do the impossible. Because really, you can't do it, so you have to look to him. And he gets the glory out of that. He wants you to step out whenever it looks impossible. Now, I'm not just talking about making a decision in your mind, I'm going to do this. I'm talking about you heard from heaven to do something. Learn to do the impossible because he's going to do it through you, not you do it by your power. Amen. Amen. Not by natural might, not by natural power, but by the anointing. Yes. Preaching better than your amen in this morning. Amen. When you step out, you're going to feel the, the storm. You're going to feel the wind. Matthew 7 talks about the wind came, the, the, the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house. You're going to feel that beating sometimes. You're going to feel the test and trial. Satan will contact your flesh and your mind will start screaming at you. You have to learn to resist that pressure to back off whenever your, your mind is screaming at you and your flesh is saying, we don't like this. You see, the flesh, here's something you need to understand. Y'all still here? The flesh wants the absence of trouble and calls it peace. The flesh wants no pressure so that we can have a good Christmas. Listen, get over that. The devil's not going to stop bringing trouble. He's not going to back off. He's not going to stop. 
Amen. You get used to forcing through the opposition. Things are going to oppose you and get used to it. Don't be a person who backs off and you say, well, I don't want any trouble. I just want peace. Well, you're not going to get very far that way. Amen. Amen. Faith's job is not to uh, not have tests or trials. Amen. Faith's job is not to have no tests or trials. Faith's job is to face them and go through them. To look to the greater one and get to the other side. You're not, uh, you're not only the victor when the devil leaves you alone. Don't sit and wait till the devil leaves you alone before you do what God's told you to do. He will never leave you alone. You get into that frame of mind and he's got you right where he wants you. Amen. That's what people are waiting though before they uh, believe they've won the victory. They're waiting for the devil to leave them alone before they shout and so forth and so on. But people that get great testimonies get them because they went through a great battle. Not because the devil left them alone. It's because they refuse to quit. They refuse to say, no, I can't have that. They refuse to die. They refuse They refuse to file bankruptcy. They said, no, I'm standing here on the word of God. I refuse to say no. Devil, you, you throw your best shot. That's who wins the victory. Amen. Praise God. So victory is not the devil leaving you alone. He's not going to leave you alone. Amen. Victory is in the face of the opposition saying, devil, you're defeated. It's quoting the word of God. Colossians 2.15 in the Amplified says God or Jesus disarmed principalities and powers. It means in other translations, it says that he exposed them, shattered them, empty, defeated, reduced them to nothing. Amen. Praise God. So what we find then is that victory says, Mr. Devil, you're defeated when I can't see the defeat. You're defeat. You're, you're stripped whenever it seems like you have exercised authority over me. Isn't that right? You're reduced to nothing when it looks like you're big and bad. That's what we, see, we as believers, the devil is counting on you. The devil operates in ignorance or through ignorance. He's counting on keeping you ignorant of who you are in Christ and that he has been defeated. He's counting on you being ignorant of that. Or if you ever do learn it, he's counting on you forgetting it. And when the tests and trials come, he's counting on you being lazy and not doing anything about it. That's the only way he can have his way. Because he is defeated. And if you stand up for who you are and know who you are and don't back off, he's already whipped and he has to back off. God works through knowledge. That's how God works. And the way you're going to win the victory is you're going to act on the knowledge you have. And what knowledge is that? That he's defeated. The greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. If there's a greater, that means there's a lesser. And God is never the lesser. God is always the greater. Amen. That means the enemy is the lesser one. And you approach every test and trial, every hindrance, every opposition with the mindset, you are the lesser one. You are the defeated one. Bills are lesser. Lack is lesser. Oppression in the mind is lesser. You're defeated. You're under my feet. Amen. Amen. 
Victory is not something that happens when, when the devil isn't pushing any of your buttons. Get out of that mindset of looking for the devil to stop and leave you alone. He's not going to leave you alone. Listen, he wouldn't be a good devil if he left you alone. That's his job. You just learn to just go right through him. When he says that you can't do it, you say, I'm going through it. He says, over my dead body, and you can say, I'll accommodate you on that. You got to have a grit on the inside. Amen. Don't wait for him to stop pushing all your buttons before you get into what God's got for you. He'll have you waiting your whole life long is what he'll have you doing. So don't wait for the devil to leave you alone to enjoy your victory either. Some people, when they're going through it, they never have any joy. Well, you're going to have this stuff come against you for the rest of your life, so you may as well just enjoy the ride in the midst of all this stuff and be able to smile and be able to reach out to somebody else and be glad. You know, when the devil attacks, a lot of times people get real f focused on themselves. I feel this way. I this. I'm hurting. You know what I've learned is that when you pray for somebody else, you'll be healed. Get out there and find somebody to bless. Reach beyond your hurt and your pain and touch somebody else. Yeah, but I hurt. There's going to be stuff like that all your life. Amen. He'll keep you from blessing anybody if you just live out of that hurt. Amen. Victory is not if all the bills get paid, everything will be good with me. No, you be everything's good with you right now. Why? Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Because he's already been defeated. You be okay right now. Amen. You're already a more than a conqueror right now. Boy, I tell you, the priest came on me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bible says we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. You know what a conqueror is? A conqueror is somebody who goes out and fights the battle and wins. That's not who you are. That's not who you are. You're more than that. You're more than that. Here's what you are. Somebody else fought your battle and won, and then they handed you the victory. That's what you are. A guy that goes out and makes a paycheck and brings it home, he's a conqueror. But when he hands it to his wife, she's more than a conqueror. Because she got the victory without any conquest. That's who you are. You're not just a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. In other words, you didn't earn it. It was given to you. Listen, it is, it is given to your position. You don't have to get something that's already yours. That's why you're more than a conqueror because you don't have to get the victory. You have already got the victory. I didn't have to wake up this morning and get a man to be a, to be a man. I didn't have to wake up this morning and become an American. Isn't that right? I was born an American. Hallelujah. Amen. Stop trying to be who you already are or trying to get something that you already are. That's the ultimate deception, somebody trying to get something that they already are. But that's what the devil's got millions of Christians doing. They're trying to get something that they already are. Amen. Why are they trying to get it? Because they're ignorant of who they already are. 
Amen. Amen. And the ignorance is how the devil thrives. Amen. 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 Praise God. The word's good. Isn't it good? Amen. You can't separate me from who I am. I am more than a conqueror. I am the righteousness of God. I'm not trying to get that. The devil wants you on the outside trying to get it. When Jesus puts you on the inside. Praise God. So I cannot be separated. I was born this way. Amen. You're showing ignorance when you try to get something God already gave you and the devil will eat you up. You're showing ignorance of the word. Isn't that right? But I'm a, I am this. I can't be separated from it. I am this. Just as much as I am a man, I am already healed. Just as much as I am a man, I am already prosperous. Isn't that right? I don't have to get prosperous. I already am. Amen. Everybody say, I have it. <laughs> like I said, deception's trying to get something you already have. Praise the Lord. This hasn't dawned on you yet who you are if you're trying to get something you already are. I heard a testimony of a minister who was talking to a Jewish man one time, and he said, what do you do to be prosperous or to prosper? And the Jew said, I don't understand the question. And he said, we, we, you know, you Jewish people are usually always pretty rich. What do you do to be prosperous? He said, I, I don't understand the question. What do you, I don't understand. We're Jews. That's what he said. I don't understand why you're saying I've got to get it. I am a Jew. I am rich. That's their mindset. Because they got that out of the Old Testament. Got, the Abraham's blessing was theirs. They knew that. It's time for Christians who got that to, to stop fussing about being rich and trying to get prosperous. What do you do to prosper? I don't understand the question. I, I was born that way when I was born again. Are you out there? You're going home. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Now, one thing we've got to recognize is, is that there's pressure against your mind to try to get you to think differently about these things. And what is the, the pressure to do? The pressure's there with these impulses to try to get you to escape the pressure. Satan wants you to back out and start saying, I've got to get it rather than I am. He wants you to do something to escape the pressure. Amen. Whenever you keep running from pressure, you become a very unstable person. Uh, and more, more instability is built into your makeup and your character if you keep running. Don't miss the joy of learning how to stay put in a test or a trial. Because if you'll learn how to stay put, you'll learn a lot about faith that you'll not learn any other way. You won't learn it in Bible school. You won't learn it in church. There's a different sound to people who say the word because they went to church and heard the word than there is the people that say the word because they've been through it and they stood the test of the... That, that sounds totally different. It's like you hit a can, you can tell if something's in there or not. If it sounds empty, you know, there ain't much in there. But that person that stood in the test and the trial, you hit that can, it doesn't sound empty. It's not just an empty confession that they learned in Bible school or something. It means something to them. 
Amen. Amen. So learn to stay put. Don't be unstable where you create instability, always moving with pressure and moving with what the devil's trying to tell you to do. Amen. They think they're getting relief from the pressure. Many Christians want relief. Just leave me alone. I wish I didn't have all this stuff coming against me. But you see, you need to know the difference between relief from the pressure through yielding to it and giving. See, if I if, stand up, Matt, Brother Matt. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm quitting in just a minute. When that clock hits quarter after, I'm quitting. Stand up. Turn around. If I'm pushing on Matt, he feels that pressure. Isn't that right? He's got some. But if he gets tired of resisting, yeah, he, could, yeah. he could just start yielding. Yeah, come on. Isn't that right? Yeah. And see, he, the pressure's off. Yeah. That's good. Isn't that right? Yeah. That's, that's what a lot of Christians think that, it, that, that they're looking for, the relief of that pressure, so they just yield to it. And somebody said something to them in church, and they don't want to show up again. Well, you're, you're about that tall spiritually. You know what I'm talking about? Stop yielding it. You're you're a very unstable person. God can't count on you. Nobody else can count on you. You don't keep a job. You don't stay married. You don't. Because just a little push. And you come into an unstable condition. Amen. So don't look for relief from the pressure. Look to go through it and get get through it and pass it, get it off of you. Amen. A lot of Christians, whenever they start yielding to the pressure, they'll they'll say things like like you'll try to show people where they're not not acting on the word, and they'll say, "Leave me alone. I have peace right now." They don't know the difference between relief in their flesh and a release in their spirit. It wasn't peace. See, they're interpreting peace to be something that happens when there is no pressure coming against them. But see, when you yield to pressure, you don't feel the pressure. And it feels like peace. But it's not peace. It's relief from the pressure because you yielded. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives. The world wants everybody to get along. Nobody, no, there's no, this world's never going to all get along. Until Jesus rules with a rod iron. Amen. Praise God. There's not going to be the absence of these, these pressures. There's going to be somebody who stands up and puts things in order. It's, what it, it's the way peace happens. Whenever you, if you want peace, stand up and tell the devil to sit down. Rather than you sit down and he stand up, you stand up and he sit down. But I have peace, they'll say. No, you don't know the difference between the lack of pressure and peace in your spirit. A lot of Christians haven't learned that. They yield to the pressure and then it's relief and they think it's peace. All they're experiencing is relief in their flesh. Amen. Another term for the lust of the flesh is uh, the, the, the pressures of the flesh. The flesh puts pressure on you to do certain things. Whenever you're going through it, have you ever had this? I have. You, you just have this pressure. I'm just going to ignore it. I'll sit down and watch television. You watch television for four or five hours. Just trying to forget about everything. That's not, that's not resisting the pressure. That's, that's actually giving in to it. Amen. Anybody getting anything out of this this morning? So how do you deal with it? You face it. You face opposition. Turn to your neighbor and say, face opposition. Praise God. Everybody say, we're facing things. 
not backing down. When Jesus was in the wilderness, he got tempted 40 days. Was he only a master at the end whenever Satan left? Or was he master at the beginning? Guess what? He resisted it at the beginning, but the devil didn't leave right at the beginning. That doesn't mean he wasn't the master of it. Don't think if you say, no, Mr. Devil, that he's going to lay down and say, uncle. He'll keep trying to come. But you just hold him in the arena of remembering who he is. He's defeated is who he is. He's stripped is who he is. Amen? Jesus was master on the first day. And you're the master right now also. You're not master whenever he goes and, and flees. You're master right now. Now, why are you the master? Not because he fled, but because of the position you're in. Not because he fled, but because the greater one's in you right now. Amen. Well, glory. Hallelujah. I'm glad I came this morning. I got edified. I got built up. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.